You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another Thursday episode of Clapback Culture. I'm your girl, Jules Jesse, and I am so glad to be here with you guys tonight. I see you guys already uh, pulling up, um, and I'm glad to have you, of course. Listen, it's been a long week for your girl, okay? This little hair is not trying to get out my face, so I'm just going to tuck that. But um, it has been a long week, you guys. Uh, for whatever reason, we are back full-time in office, so your girl is struggling uh, to get back into the hustle and bustle with things like that. Um, who is back from working remote, you guys? I feel like I'm the last of the Mohicans to get back. And like I said, it is a struggle, okay? That hustle and bustle of getting up in the morning, trying to put on that professional gear, commuting, getting on the train, getting on the bus, honey. The prices of downtown is giving a lot. Um, but nevertheless, I am grateful, grateful to have a job, um, you know, amongst everything else that could happen. Um, I am pretty grateful for that. So like I said, it's been a long week, but of course it's been productive. And, um, you know, I'm just glad to be back here with you here to do this show. Um all right, y'all. Well, if you watched uh, the show with Trey Holiday, you would have heard that I have some exciting topics to bring forward to you. And of course, I'm not going to let you down. So let's go ahead and just jump right on into it. Um, first things first, you guys, Amazon, um, they're having to pay over $30 million um, in a claim because it is because they were uh, caught liable invading the privacy with Ring and Alexa users. So I think you guys remember we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Well, actually, way more than a few weeks ago. We talked about this probably last year sometime. And essentially what was happening is that contractors for Alexa and the Ring, you know, those doorbell cameras in the federal filings, it said that um, in the lawsuit that those contractors invaded uh, people's privacy. And there was a ton of different uh, privacy violations going on. And in one of those lawsuits, it claimed that those tech companies um, were keeping the recordings of children, um, their conversations that they were having with Alexa, um, and, and that some employees were even monitoring people's uh, cameras when they didn't even need to see their recordings. And they were doing all of that without the consent of the user. Um, and so Amazon is saying, you know what, we'll pay $30 million. They'll settle outside of court, um, you know, and, and kind of like really bypass this thing. But let me just be frank with you. $30 million for Amazon is clearly a drop in the bucket. This is nothing, you guys. $30 million to make this thing go away. Listen, Amazon's paying that all day long. No questions asked, okay? If I'm them... I'm not even going to hesitate. I'm like, oh, someone go get uh, Jeff Bezos checkbook. He could write this out out of his pocket. So I don't think this is a, a huge step in the right direction. Um, but I also think, you know, when it comes down to these cameras and 
our cell phones and everything being connected and um, being accessible through like cloud-based softwares and things of that nature. These are some of the issues. <clears throat> these are some of the issues that we are running into, right? Is that sense of privacy um, or, or rather lack thereof. And so there, is there a way really to get around this? You guys let me know in the comments. I don't think so. I think that once we decide to put something on this phone or have access to those ring cameras, doorbells, um, and, and have security cameras in our homes, if you can watch it from your phone or your laptop, so can anyone else, right? Because everything's sitting in that motherboard, everything's sitting in that cloud-based software. So if there's something that you don't want other people to be seen, don't get the cameras, right? Don't have a smartphone. I even go as far to turn the camera because I have the baby monitor, right? So I will take the baby monitor camera and turn it face down even when it's off just because I'm thinking, can someone see my baby when even if the camera isn't on? So that's just me, you guys. I probably am taking this a little bit too far, but essentially, if you could tap in, you could tap in at any time. So Amazon, again, settling for that 30 million, um, you know, violating these policies, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's a big deal um, for Amazon, at least. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and move a little bit into our show. Guess who is selling them Yeezys? Adidas, you guys. Adidas is resuming um, the sale of their Yeezy inventory. And what they're saying is, is that they're going to donate all of the proceeds to anti-hate organizations. So we're talking about, I think, up to $75 million in Yeezys. And I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I cashed in, okay? I got two pair of Yeezys yesterday. I went ahead and downloaded my Confirm app once more. I'm jumping in. I'm tapping in. I'm not going to miss this wave. Uh, say what you want about me. Adidas um, reportedly is expected to lose $1.3 billion in revenue um, now that they're parting ways with Kanye West. Uh, super big deal. And I mean, there's so, I mean, they have so much of their collection um, that they're dropping throughout the summer. I mean, there's so many great shoes that are popping out. And if you guys didn't know, I am a sneakerhead, okay? I love a good pair of sneakers. And I I've been that way for a long time, especially people in Seattle. That's one of the things that we grow up on. We waste our money on shoes, okay? These shoes will definitely continue to hold their value, especially if you're not gonna be able to have access to Yeezys while they were with Adidas, okay? So these are gonna be probably a collector set later on down the line. Um, there was a statement um, that was put out in an official press release from Adidas that said this, a significant amount will be donated to selected organizations working to combat discrimination and hate, including racism and anti-Semitism. These include, but are not limited to, the Anti-Defamation League, ADL, and the Philanos and Keita Floyd Institution for Institute for Change for Social Change, excuse me. Um, and so the company is just basically detailing their plans moving forward. Um, the, you know, they're just reiterating the fact that they've terminated their relationship with Kanye, um, and they're moving in a new uh, direction. 
The Yeezy brand is totally done in October after all of the shoes are sold. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. They're just moving forward. And to be honest, I'm interested to see what Adidas is going to do uh, without Kanye West, because I feel like he really amplified that brand. But again, you know, when you think about Kanye West, you know, and he had a lot of crazy things going on with him. Um, it, to be honest, it seems like the media has forgiven him. You know what I'm saying? Drop, drop that below in the comments. If you feel like mainstream media, social media, black Twitter, do you guys think people have forgiven Kanye West for all of that trash that he was talking just a few months ago? Let me know. Um, and let me know if you plan to cop a couple pair of Yeezys, okay? I'll definitely make sure to do an, un, uh, an unboxing when mine come in, okay? Um, let's do this. Cuddy, do you have the clip for Asiana Airlines? If not, I still want to talk about this story. Um, because I talked on it with the day with Trey. Uh, there was a man who opened an emergency door of Asiana Air Airlines just before landing. If we have that clip, I want to talk about it. And if we don't, I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I have a special guest coming into the show. So, Cuddy, if we don't have the clip, let's go ahead and take a break and we'll come on back. And I'll bring in our special guest. Man has been arrested after he allegedly opened a plane door while that plane was still in the air. The Asiana Airlines plane was just about three minutes from landing. It was some 700 feet in the air when that door was opened. The plane did land at the airport. This was southeast of Seoul. Officials say 12 people suffered minor injuries from hyperventilation. Y'all, is that crazy? Can you imagine being on that plane and someone opening the door? I mean, it's unbelievable. What would we be? Like, where would we be without camera footage to actually see this in full, like full swing? So here's what happened. Um, there was a total of 200 people on that plane, not 194 of them being passengers. Right. And the rest being the flight crew. Um, this is Asiana Airlines. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and they were coming into a landing um, in a city in South Korea. And you just see that wind whipping through, like going through uh, all the passengers. Everyone's terrified. It's going crazy. They're about 700 feet above ground um, in about just like a couple minutes right before um, landing. So they were super close to the ground. God, you know, you know, God was with them during this time. Uh, the local police were, you know, called to the scene and they questioned the man, arrested him. And, and he confessed basically that he had been under a lot of stress, um, that he had lost his job recently and that he felt suffocated and just wanted to hurry up and get out of the plane as quickly as possible. So this is crazy, you guys. Like we, we always have conversations about mental health. This is insanity. Like you're on a plane and you're going through, uh, you know, you're just trying to land. You know, one of the things about getting on a plane is that you have to be patient. You know what I'm saying? And so this guy is saying, I can't wait. I've, you know, have all this stuff going on and he's just ready to open the plane and, and what risk everybody's life on that. What if somebody wasn't strapped into their seatbelt? So he's sitting in the emergency exit door. I mean, God, this could have gone so much, uh, wrong so much further. And, um, 
the reported injuries were 12 people. They suffered minor injuries and some from hyperventilation and nine of them uh, were sent to area hospitals. So we're glad that everybody was okay. Um, but again, this was just, this was weird. It was crazy. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about it, you guys, but it was just, it was absolutely crazy. Um, so I do have a guest that I want to bring in. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll show you who it is. Stay tuned. You're watching. One in every 500 African-Americans in the U.S. suffers from sickle cell disease. One in three African-American blood donors is a match for patients with sickle cell. One appointment to donate blood with the American Red Cross can help save a life. Will you be that one? Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood today to schedule an appointment at a location near you. COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in. They talked to our lender and saved our home. Because falling on hard times does not have to mean losing your home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHAF.org. What's up, everybody? You know, me and Besa, my girl, we had to pull up to Market Street Shoes once again, y'all. And you know, we do this every season. We have to get the new shoes, the new boots. And this time, I even got a coat. Yeah, no, you did walk in without a coat. I really I'm did. I'm glad you found one. But their boots were on point. Yes, the boots, the bags. I even grabbed a flannel. Yeah, you did. You know, and I was able to get some hats and everything. I was really impressed. And you know, I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basin wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. Surprise! Look at my special guest, you guys. I don't think I ever had my baby on here, but this is Cairo, Cairo Joseph Norman. Say hi, Cairo. And he's officially five months. So I wanted to bring him on you guys so you guys could see him. He's getting to be a, such a big boy. Say hi, Papa. Hi, baby. <laughs> okay, there we go. We got a little bit of sound on him. So wanted to introduce you guys to my son. You guys know I always talk about him. Um, and here he is. Isn't he just so cute and so handsome? Let's see if he'll be. Are you a good boy, my son? Enough? You want to sit and do do a segment with mommy? You want to do a segment? Come on. You're going to read some tea with mommy. So let's talk about this. Raz B, you guys, he reportedly had a mental breakdown, okay? Let's go ahead and keep Rasby in our in our prayers, you guys. He was placed on a 72-hour hold after threatening to jump off um, a hotel roof. This all comes after him getting on Instagram Live, doing a full-blown rant, and basically just going off about being paranoid and not feeling safe. 
We have two clips. The first clip is going to be the Instagram live. The second clip is going to show him on the roof preparing to jump. So this is a trigger warning. We're letting you know now. Let's take a look. All day I've been trying to clear uh, miscommunications up, but I'm letting everybody know right now that Joseph, I need you to call me right now. Because let me tell you, I don't feel safe. I'm in Kansas City. I'm at the Hilton Hotel. And I'm telling everybody right now, Rasby does not feel safe. Pull out an APB for Rasby in Kansas City. I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. I'm telling everybody right now, I don't feel safe. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's turned up. All right. So that was Rasby basically letting everybody know on his Instagram live that he doesn't feel safe. Do you, you must not, do you feel safe, my son? Come on. You feel safe, right? What did you think about that clip? Okay. All of that. Good. So fans were super worried about Rasby. Um, and, you know, he essentially smashed the hotel window, which in the next clip, you're going to notice that he has a broken arm and he climbed onto a roof, prompting a response from first responders, fearing that he would jump. So they put down um, a mat just in case that he jumped. Essentially, uh, crisis negotiators were able to talk him off the ledge, literally. Let's take a look at that. Pray for Rasby is what the fans are saying right now on social media. After seeing this video of him on top of a building, attempting to break free, attempting to jump, not sure exactly. Like I said, I did some research to see what is going on with Rasby. Apparently he was held for 72 hours after making this first video, uh, you know, at least the clip that you see in the beginning of this video, right? Of him saying he felt unsafe in Kansas City. And now we got video footage of him on top of a building trying to break free, man. All I can say is prayers to Rasby. Uh, I know recently he made a post apologizing to Chris Stokes, right? Recanting some of the allegations he made against Chris Stokes, which to me was uh, surprising after all of these years. Now you come out to admit that it was all a lie. Oh, all right. I'm going to kiss Cairo goodbye, you guys, because he's tearing me up. Say bye-bye, Cairo. Okay, you're ready to go. <laughs> Give me kissy. I love you. Okay, bye-bye. Say bye-bye. Wait, bye-bye. Wait, bye-bye. Say bye-bye. Say bye-bye. <laughs> okay, okay. No more camera time. So as you guys can see, the police negotiators were able to successfully persuade Rasby to come on down um, and he was immediately treated by medical staff. Again, he was held for 72 hours. Um, his brother did speak out, but all of this is coming out after that unsettling um, Instagram live where he also talked about uh, Chris, about, um, I don't want to get the name wrong. Is it Chris Stokes? Yes, Chris Stokes. And he was saying that nothing of all of the molestation allegations and the rape allegations from Chris Stokes, he said none of that is true. Um, and so 
that Instagram live came directly after him saying that that didn't happen. So there's a lot to consider in this. I don't know what's true, what's not true, um, but we're going to keep Rasby lifted. We're going to keep him in our prayers. It's getting crazy out here. Okay. All right. Um, our next topic is this, you guys. Um, if you remember a Georgia inmate, LaShawn Thompson, uh, that autopsy report ruled his death as a homicide. Now, this is great news because if you guys remember, this is the young man who um, was sent to prison, was was do, was in prison doing a prison sentence and his body um, he then was he was in the prison, but he was moved to the medical facility within the prison um, where essentially he was having a, a mental health episode for some time. Um, and so much so that the 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 cell that he was in um, was completely destroyed with bed bugs, um, with feces, with urine. Uh, there was no mat. It was just, I mean, it was un, it was inhumane and unlivable. Um, and then uh, the young man's body was uh, totally compromised, um, full of bed bugs, just total infestation. And essentially he was eaten alive by the bugs. And so they're ruling this death as a homicide because authorities did not act um, and they were responsible uh, for Thompson uh, while he was in prison. So he he died from complications due to being untreated for his schizophrenia, uh, dehydration, malnourishment, and severe body insect infestation. And so the, um, the family is going to be pushing for that. He is being represented by Ben Crump and his team. Um, and, and this is just such a tragic situation. He was on trial, uh, for a June, 2022 misdemeanor battery and staff placed him on us in the psychiatric ward, uh, after learning he had schizophrenia. So that's another thing to think about is that he had been charged with battery, but he also had a diagnosis of schizophrenia. And it just seems odd that he didn't get placed into a mental health institution um, that could really deal with uh, someone with that condition. And it just seems like probably that assault charge had a lot to do with um, with him having that mental health diagnosis to begin with. So that's just my take. I'm glad to see that um, that the medical examiner did re did report this to be a homicide. Now, the next step is to see some charges being brought forward on the staff um, that was negligent in taking care of Thompson while in custody. Uh, so then there's that. All right, y'all, listen, listen, listen. This story, okay, is of an 11-year-old boy um, in Mississippi, who called 911 because of a related incident, because of a domestic dispute, excuse me, um, going on in the home, in his family home. Um, his mother was in a dispute with the father of her child, of her daughter, um, not the father of the, the son who I'm speaking of. His name is Adreen Murray, and Adreen Murray is 11 years old, and so his sister's father 
um, was in a bit of an altercation with his mom. And his mom said, listen, call 911 and then call grandma and let them know what's going on. We need someone to come over and and, and provide an in, uh, intervention, right? This is a domestic disturbance. Well, the police arrive to the home. The mother answers the door and says, listen, no, every, you know, we're here. I need you to handle this dispute. And nobody in this house is armed. So the police officer then calls everybody out of the back rooms. Everybody come out, come out with your hands up. And a dream is going to give us the play by play. Let's take a look at what happened. It feel like, like a taser, like a big punch to the chest. It all started with a call for help on May 20th. Nikayla Murray, Adarian's mother, says her ex-boyfriend and father to one of her children came to her house around 4 a.m. and demanded to be let inside. Adarian says he was in his bedroom and heard the commotion. So I was asleep and then I heard a deep voice and then I heard my mom cry. And she said, call the cops, call grand grandma. I, I did it. When two officers arrived, Nikayla says they knocked first and then she said they tried to kick in the door. She said she told them no one in the house was armed. She said the officers told everyone to come out with their hands up. That's when Adarian says following the officer's instruction, he exited his bedroom and was shot. I came out doing this. So I ran across the corner and then I just got shot. And then I ran to, to my mom. And then so I was bleeding from, from my mouth. Then my mama, she was applying pressure to my chest. I laid him on the ground and I just applied pressure to his, where he was shot at to make sure he didn't, you know, go to sleep or kept talking and I just prayed. I just knew what I did, what I knew. Adarian was flown to a trauma center in Jackson with a collapsed lung and a lacerated liver. The Indianola mayor confirmed to ABC News the officer who fired the shot is now on suspension. Your thoughts to the officer? I feel like he should be terminated. I don't hate him. I'm so much overfilled with joy at the fact that my son is alive that I don't, I don't have room for anger right now. I want justice to be served. The Mississippi District Attorney's Office has declined to comment on this case. The Mississippi Bureau of Investigation issued a statement last week saying officers responded to a domestic disturbance and a minor was significantly hurt from an officer-involved shooting. The results of the investigation will be shared with the Mississippi Attorney General's Office. How disturbing is this case? Very disturbing. I've been practicing law for 21 years and I've never seen something so egregious and so unnecessary my client, Adaria Murray, came within an inch of losing his life. And I mean, this is, yeah. this case is out of control to me. Um, and I, I kept saying a dream, but let me correct myself. Adarian, um, Adarian Murray, 11 year old child that was shot by, by a police officer. And so let me just say, this is not a race issue um, because the police officer um, has been identified as a black man. The officer is on, <clears throat> excuse me, paid administrative leave while the case is being investigated um, by the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation. And it's unclear whether he's going to face charges or disciplinary action or something like this. Um, but the family is calling for termination, right? And I think the mother 
is, you know, holding sentiments like many of us would and probably a lot lighter saying, you know, at this point, I've forgiven the officer. I'm moving on. I don't have, I'm not holding any grudges, but he needs to be terminated. And so I did see one of the signs that said, your best officer shot me. Um, this investigation must proceed forward. I don't understand how you would mistakenly shoot an 11 year old child. I mean, this is not a case of a six foot four child, right? This is a small four you know, foot, 10 inch child. Like he looks like a baby, he looks like a kid. Um, and so why are we assuming that he's armed? It's not like he had a cell phone in his hand or anything of that nature. And so this is this is a big deal. And he was shot right here. And so uh, anything closer um, could have been even more lethal. He did suffer um, fractured rib, lacerated liver, um, a collapsed lung. So he he's not off the hook. He's going to be dealing with these injuries um, probably for the rest of his life. Um, he was placed on a ventilator. He got a chest tube for the collapsed lung, but he's home now and he's doing much better. And so we're grateful for that. But like, what the hell happened here? Right. And so we're waiting for the police body camera footage to see what essentially happened in this case. I hope it is released to the family soon and then essentially released to the public thereafter. So we'll see what happens. Right. We, we won't really know for sure what's going to happen in this case until the details are laid out. But again, the family is pushing for charges. Um, right now, this officer is just on paid administrative leave. So what are your thoughts? You guys let me know down in the comments below if you think this officer um, could have mistaken this guy for our, this young child for our suspect. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're there, you, you know, this little boy, it, the trauma that's inflicted. He's going to be scared to even call police. I mean, when you're in a situation where you need help and you call 911 and then this happens, like how do you move forward with your life without having that fear, that trauma embedded inside you that's the unthinkable could happen to the innocent. Um but yeah, that's our show tonight you guys. We're ending a little bit early, okay? Um, because it's just me giving the commentary. So I moved a little bit quicker than usual, but I'm glad to always be here with you guys on Thursday nights to give you a great show, a great program. Um, this weekend, I'm actually going to go hang out with my baby girl. She turned 16 yesterday. So I want to say happy birthday to April. Um, we're celebrating her sweet six, six, 16, excuse me, in Charlotte, North Carolina. So please send us your travel mercies as we go to and from. Uh, that's what I'll be doing this weekend. In the meantime, you guys pull up, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at treasure of J U L E S. Let me know what you want to talk about next week. Um, I'll be here. Same time, same place. You're watching clapback culture. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.